0: to The Journey podcast. The Journey is a college and young adult ministry of Southcrest Baptist Church. We hope this podcast helps you find your greatest pleasure and purpose in Jesus. Sweet, I'm excited for tonight. It's been, I was, I was talking with Deb earlier about how long it's been since I actually got to like stand up here and preach. And it's been like four weeks, which doesn't seem like that long. But it felt like a really long time after getting to preach every other week. So I'm so stoked to be back up here tonight with you guys um, and get to hang out and get to talk through some awesome scripture. It's going to be a fun time. Um, It's going to be a really good night. Um, So before we start, I'm going to pray real quick. We're going to jump in. Father, I thank you for today. Uh, Lord, I pray that you just speak to me tonight, Um, that you... Uh, take away any um, anything that is, is hindering our hearts from from learning and, and receiving what you have for us this evening. God, and just completely open us up uh, for what you have tonight uh, through your spirit and through your word. <clears throat> we are uh, super excited for that. So we pray this in your name. Amen. So, So have you guys ever signed up for something and thought like after two weeks of being in it, like, oh my gosh, what have I gotten myself into? Um, Like this is way harder than I thought it was or like somebody was like telling you like, hey, you should sign up for this thing. It's going to be cool. You're going to get this and you're going to get this and you're going to get to do this and, and we're going to go here and we're going to do all of this awesome stuff. But like two weeks in there, you're like, man, that joker didn't tell me any of the work I was going to have to do or any of the hard things I was going to have to go through in order to be part of this group or this team or whatever. Um, that's happened to me a couple of times in my life. Um, one of them was whenever I uh, was working abroad with a missions organization, I just saw this whole awesome idea of living in the mission field and like getting to to travel and to do all of this crazy awesome stuff and be able to, to preach the gospel and all this stuff. But what was not advertised to me was living in close quarter community with 19 other people. Um, living in just super, super tight-knit places where the living conditions might have not been so great. Um, What I was not informed about was all of the stress and all of the hard times and all of the the fundraising and the tough things that came um, with all of that. What I was not told about was how I would get typhoid and lose 15 pounds in like two weeks in Asia. I wasn't told about any of that stuff before I signed up. Um, That's my wife, give her a round of applause for bringing me some water. But I was not told about any of that before I signed up. Um, Another time that this happened to me in life is Becca and I were actually, this is my wife Becca, we were just talking about it earlier, was that's kind of what happens when you get married, right? Like everybody's like, man, marriage is so cool. You get to do ministry with your partner. You get to live together. You get to do all this fun stuff, which is true. All of that is, is very true and does happen. But what people didn't tell us about was like, Hey, you're gonna have to struggle to figure out how to live with another person. You're gonna have to struggle to figure out how to live with a new roommate, um, and not only a new roommate, but a new roommate of the opposite sex, right? I'm sure I do things that drive back up the wall. Um, actually, I'm not sure I know I do things that drive back up the wall. We, we've talked about these things and, and worked through them, but nobody tells you that stuff before marriage. Um, I went to West Texas a for two years a couple years back, and and I signed up to be part of RHA, or I like ran to be elected to be part of RHA because these people were like, hey, it's Residential Halls Advisors Association, something like that, and they were like, hey, you should come sign up with this uh, or for this, like you 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 get to have influence, you get to be um, a voice for the students, you get to help make decisions for everything like that. But what they didn't tell me about was twenty hour work weeks on top of my part time job already on top of Uh, taking a full course load. They didn't tell me about the two and a half hour meetings that I'd have to go to twice a week. They didn't tell me about any of that. They were like, hey, you should run for this because it's awesome. And so have any of you guys ever experienced that? Been like, man, that sounds cool. I'm gonna buy in only a few weeks in to realize this is way more than I thought it was gonna be. This is way harder than I thought it was gonna be. This is way more stress than I thought it was gonna be. This is way more in general than, than I was told this was gonna be. Wouldn't it be nice if, if whoever was telling you about it beforehand was like, hey, you do get to do all these awesome things, but also remember, there's a lot that comes before that. There's a lot that happens that, that maybe isn't so fun or maybe is really tough or maybe super stressful or super hard. Wouldn't it be nice if somebody would have told you that before you signed up for these things? Some of you might be sitting in something right now that you're like, yeah, that's me. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm in a position right now, whether it was a class or whatever, or your job or whatever you signed up for. Um, I feel like that's a, a common thing in our lives. So we're going to be in Luke tonight. And as we read through Luke, uh, we're going to see that Jesus um, played that role in three separate men's lives. Like, they came to him and said, man, we want to be part of what that is. Um, and, and, and Jesus was able to tell them, um, the cost of following of, of following him and, wh- and what that would look like, um, so before we jump in to Luke tonight, I am going to pray one more time um, can 't pray enough right so i 'm going to pray for us really quick, and then we 're going to dive in to to Luke chapter nine verse fifty seven through sixty two is where we 're going to be. Hey God, again, I thank you tonight for these people lord um, as we flip to, to Luke in our Bibles, Lord, I pray that you prepare our hearts to receive what you have for us, God. Um, it's going to be awesome uh, work in our lives through Scripture tonight. We love you. Amen. So, like I said, Jesus speaks to three different people in this passage. Um, and so, kind of how it's going to break down is for each of those people, I'm going to, I'm going to pose a question, basically, um, to, to us uh, as Christians today. Um, and so I'm going to read the passage real quick, and then we're going to jump in. Um, if I could find it, that'd be great. There we go. I was on the wrong page. So sweet Luke chapter 9, 57 through 62, it says, As they were going along the road, someone said to him, Jesus, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, Foxes have holes and birds have the air, or birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. To another he said, follow me. So Jesus says to this man, hey, follow me. But he said, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. And Jesus said to him, leave the dead to bury their own dead. But as for you, go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Yet another said, I will follow you, Lord, but first let me go and say farewell to those at my home. And Jesus said to him, no one who puts their hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. Jesus says a couple of really tough things in that, in that short couple of verses right there. Um, he, he responds to each of those men in, in a different way, but, but also in a similar way. He gives them the hard truth, right? Um, and so, like I said, with each of those people, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give us some, some application and stuff um, and, and a question that we as Christians today need to ask ourselves based off of what Jesus says in the text So again, I'm going to read that first little bit, and we'll get into the first first guy. So he says, As they were going along the road, someone said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, Foxes have holes, and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Um, And so what does it cost to follow Jesus? The cost of following Jesus means that we have to choose the cross over comfort. We have to choose the cross over comfort. We have to be willing to do things that are hard. We have to be willing to get put outside of our comfort zone. We have to be willing to to maybe have the conversations that aren't so easy. We have to be willing to go out of our way to do the right thing when the the wrong thing is easy to do. We have to be willing to choose the cross over comfort. This man, just like us, seems to be incredibly eager to come and to follow Jesus. I feel like that's us often, like after... Church camper after a great night of worship, you're like, Yes, Jesus, like I will go anywhere for you, I will do anything for you. And then when push comes to shove, you're like, except for that. I meant I meant to say anything like there was an asterisk on my worship that night that says, Except for whenever you ask me to do hard things. Right? Jesus knew that the man was not fully understanding of what he said. He said, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus knew. Hey, this guy, because Jesus saw his heart, right? Hey, this guy, he doesn't quite understand what he means when he says that. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say something. I'm going to, like I said earlier, Jesus is stepping back and, and giving him like, hey, yeah, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be fun. But just so you know, there are tough things that come with this as well. Just like how we wish that, that somebody would tell us that, like, man, I'm going to take 18 hours my first semester of college. Hey, that's going to be awesome. And you might be ahead a little bit, but there's a lot of tough things that come with that. And that's what Jesus is telling this man right now, a little bit grander scale than taking 18 hours as a freshman. Um, but what he's telling him right now is, hey, there, there are going to be some tough things. It's not going to all be prancing through fields with flowers and Jesus and laughing and uh, all kinds of cool stuff. Um, what, what he's saying is that, hey, it's not going to be as easy as you think it is. Um, he's basically telling him, hey, you will not be comfortable like, no matter what, you will not be comfortable. Um, you're going to have to step outside of your comfort zone. You're going to have to, to really push and to lean in into hard things. Following Jesus is not a path to comfort or to money or to good things to happen in our life. It's not a path to any of that. David Platt um, actually says this really well. He says, Following Jesus is not a path paved with self-advancement. It is a path that begins with the demand for self-denial. So I'll read that again. David Platt, he says this, Following Jesus is not a path paved with self-advancement. It is a path that begins with the demand for self-denial. And that's what Jesus is telling this guy. He's like, hey, even the foxes have homes. Like even the, the birds of the air, they have nests to go and rest in. But the son of man, I, I'm actually homeless is what he's telling this man. Like I don't have anywhere to go at night to, to go lay my head, to go to sleep. Because it, Jesus knows this man's heart. Um, he's telling him, hey, it's not easy. It, it's not gonna be easy to follow me anywhere. Jesus knows where he's going. Jesus isn't going to Chick-fil-A Jesus doesn't have a Whataburger gift card to go. Like, he's, he's not going to somewhere easy and to somewhere fun. Ultimately, where is Jesus going to? To die. to die, on the cross, right? So this man is saying, hey, I will follow you anywhere, Jesus. And Jesus, with the knowledge that he has of like, hey, I'm going to the cross, says to this man, hey, it's going to be tough. What, what this guy doesn't know is that Jesus is, is going to die. He's not going to CC's All-You-Can-Eat Buffet. He's not going to Disneyland. He's not going to any of those places. He's going to the literal worst thing that you can imagine. So this man, again, he, under, not knowing what he was saying, told Jesus he would follow him anywhere. And and Jesus was basically asking him, like, hey, this is gonna be tough. And so I I feel like we so often in our lives do that, right? We're, like I said earlier, we're like, yes, Jesus, I will go wherever you need me. I will, I will do the things that, that other people don't want to do. I will do anything that you ask me. And then Jesus, Jesus is like, hey, I actually, um, I want you to move to the Middle East um, and take your family, and I want you to live in the slums, and I want you to be able to, to learn the language, and I want you to be able to communicate with those people and share the gospel. And you're like, wait, that was way more than I signed up for. But Jesus right here in the scripture is telling us exactly what we're signing up for. So we can't be oblivious to this anymore. That we need to be ready to, to suffer and to have tough things. Or to, to go through tough things. So, will you choose the cross or will you choose comfort? Right? That's, that's I feel like the question that we have to ask ourselves after reading those first two verses. Is are you going to choose the cross the tough things, but ultimately the good things, right? Or are you going to choose comfort, which could be the easy things, um, but the wrong things? So are you gonna choose to say the, the simple easy things that aren't gonna ruffle anybody's feathers, that, that will keep you kinda running low and, and nobody's attention all, on you? Or are you going to stand up for what you believe in? Will you choose to, to sit and cower? Are you gonna choose to stand and speak the truth? Um, will you choose to be bold and to confront people with mercy and truth, or are you going to sit back and let people live in their sin? Or are you going to choose to be to be bold and to follow literally anywhere that Jesus tells you to, whether that's um, down the street to, to Starbucks to share with the barista, or whether that's across the world to to move to Asia and to share with people there? Are we going to do that, or are we going to say, Hey, Jesus, um, only sometimes am, am I willing to 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 listen to what you have for me? Um, am I willing to follow you? So if you feel tonight as if you've been choosing um, to not walk in that, right? If you feel like you've been choosing comfort over the cross, really quickly, I want to remind you, it's not too late to turn around, right? It's going <laughs> to be awesome because you can always turn and repent and, and pursue after Jesus. But that doesn't mean that we're supposed to just wait for our lives to change either and for God to, to say, hey, you know what? Actually, I'm going to tell you exactly what to do. We have to act, right? We have to walk in urgency. We have to walk with passion, which, which leads to this next verse, um, which is going to be verse 59 through 60, right? It's going to say, to another he said, follow me. But he said, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. And Jesus said to him, leave the dead to bury their own dead, as for you, go and proclaim the kingdom of God, and that one's really tough for me to read. Um, if you can read that and and not feel like it's super tough i, I commend you because um, that's tough so jesus's response is it kind of seems brash a little bit at first when whenever you first read it. it kind of seems like, dang Jesus, like that wasn't very nice uh, the man's dad just died like let him let him go figure that out right um <clears throat> But Jesus was responding this way for a reason. Jesus knew the importance of of proclaiming the gospel, right? Because he didn't just say, let the the dead bury the dead. That's not where where Jesus' statement ends right there. He said, leave the dead to bury their own dead. But as for you, go and proclaim the kingdom of God. So what he's saying there is that the proclamation of the kingdom is the most important thing in your life once you have committed to being a follower of Christ. So even though that seems tough, he's not dismissing the importance of, of his father passing, but he's actually emphasizing the importance of spreading the gospel. So he's not saying, hey, actually your dad's not very important um, and I don't really care that he died, but what he's saying is, hey, the, the fact that the gospel needs to be spread is the literal most important thing in your life as a follower of Christ. There's nothing that can compare to the, advancement of the kingdom through our lives. So rather than him saying that the father's burial was unimportant, he was just highlighting the importance of, of spreading the gospel. A couple of years back, um, whenever I was traveling, I had a buddy, Reese, who um, is just a really cool guy. Uh, he was at my wedding. Some of you guys might have met him, but he's from Alabama. Super cool dude, um, but just like super relaxed all the time. Just very, very mellow. Um, and we'd be going to c- going to do something and, and we'd all be out the door ready to go like, Reese, okay, come on, we're, we're, we're going to get in the, the taxi or whatever. And he's like walking out of the br- bathroom, like brushing his teeth still. And he's like, yeah, just give me a few minutes. We're like, Reese, there's stuff going on. We have to go. And, and the most recent time that this happened was actually Becca and I went to Indianapolis a few months ago to see some of our friends get married. And Reese was there and we all rented a big Airbnb together and all stayed together like 18 of us or 17 of us or something like that and all of us are downstairs waiting and none of us knew where to go none of us had cars so we all had called ubers and lifts to come get us and everybody was ready you know looking nice dress shoes pants collared shirt everything like that and, and we're all like okay everybody you know you 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 you're gonna ride with me and so it was gonna be me becca reese and one other girl that was we're riding together and i was like all right everybody's right i'm gonna i'm gonna call the lift and so i dial it to to Um, come in and down walks Reese holding his dress shoes and his shirt and his hand on a hanger saying, hey, does anybody know where the iron is? We're like, Reese, the lift will be here in five minutes and you don't have any clothes on right now basically besides pants. We're like, Reese, you need to hurry up. And we weren't dismissing the fact and the importance that his shirt needed to be ironed. Yeah, your shirt needs to be ironed. You don't want to be looking like a bum with the wavy shirt, right? But what we were doing is we were highlighting the importance of the ceremony, of the wedding, right? We were not saying, hey, Reese, actually your shirt doesn't need to be ironed. Um, It's okay if you look bad. But no, we're saying, hey, actually there are more important things to happen right now than your shirt being ironed. And that's what Jesus is telling this man right here is like, hey, not that your dad's burial is not important, but you have to go proclaim the kingdom of God because that is vastly more important than anything you can do with your life. So it's not that the Father's death means nothing. It's simply that proclaiming the gospel means everything, right? Proclaiming the gospel is so important that when Jesus actually resurrected and came back to his disciples, the one commandment that he gave them was to go to the nations and to proclaim the gospel, right? He didn't say, now make sure you go to church on Sunday mornings or Make sure that you look nice whenever you talk to people or make sure that you tithe or make sure that you do any of this. He didn't say any of that. He said, hey, go to the nations and proclaim my name because that's the most important thing that you will ever do as a Christian. In our time today, spreading the gospel is more important than ever. I can't think of anything that, that is more important. I, I was looking up some statistics on the Joshua Project, which if you don't know, is a really cool online tool that you can look at unreached people groups and percentages of Christianity throughout the world and stuff. And I'm going to share a couple really quick with you. But according to, to research on the Joshua Project, since 2009, Christianity amongst young people in the United States has taken a 16% decline. Young people in this case is 18 to 30-year-olds. So the same, the same people that are sitting in this room right now... College students and young adults. So Christianity amongst these people in the United States has declined 16%. Nearly 45% of young people in the United States say that they seldom or never go to church, which, which in, uh, there was like a little asterisk under that, which means that they either only go twice, um, twice a year or like none at all. Like that, that was seldom or none at all. It's 45%. Less than 50% of young people in America describe, them, describe themselves to even be Christians. Taking that into a little bit wider of a view, um, there are over just over 17,000 recognized people groups in the world, um, and over 7,000 of those groups have zero access and zero knowledge to the gospel of Christ, meaning that 42% of the people groups around the world are completely unreached have never heard of Jesus' name before, have no Bible in their language, um, have never been reached um, by Christianity, by God. So even more specifically than that, there are an estimated 3,188,634,000 people around the world who are unreached, who have never heard of Jesus. That is over 3 billion people who have never heard of Jesus. Out of 7 billion people that are alive right now, So currently, 41% of the population of the world, if you were to say Jesus to them, they would have no idea what that was, or who that was, or what it meant. That is why Jesus responds the way that he did. Obviously, those statistics are not accurate to what it was like at that time. I can't give you those statistics. They didn't make censuses back then. But what we can see is that Jesus knew that the spreading of the gospel was urgent. So, will you walk with urgency, or will you walk with hesitancy? Will you forget how pressing the gospel truly is? Will you forget that even people like the barista at Starbucks, or your favorite local coffee shop, needs to know Jesus? Will you forget that people all around need to to know Jesus? Will you remember the importance of sharing the gospel with people, Or will you put it on the back burner and say, hey, maybe every once in a while I'll get to that. Maybe once a month or once every couple months I'll share my faith with somebody. Have you been filled with hesitancy? If you have, I I want to tell you, like like the last point, it's not too late to turn that around tonight. It's not too late to to flip 180 and to look at Jesus and say, hey, I haven't been walking uh, with urgency and with passion, but rather with hesitancy. And I want to change that tonight. If you are fully committed, that's the only way that you want to walk with urgency. You've never seen a partially committed person walk with urgency in something, right? It's like, man, I kind of want to go to work today. I'm going to walk really fast to get there, make sure I'm on time. No, like the only reason that you want to to go to work is either because you love it or because you're fully committed to not getting fired. right? Like there's no, man, I kind of want to go to work today, so I'm going to make sure that I speed and that I get there on time, or I kind of want to go to class today. So no, you either love the subject or you're afraid of failing, but either way, you're fully committed to that class, right? That's, that's the reason why you speed walk through campus and get on a lime and almost kill yourself and four other people. Um, so yeah, if you're not fully committed, you're not going to walk with that urgency, right? Which leads to the next point in, in verses 61 and 62. It says, yet another said, I will follow you, Lord, but let me first say farewell to those at my home. Jesus said to him, no one puts his hand to the plow and looks back as fit for the kingdom of God. Again, I'm like, whoa, Jesus, take it easy on this man. He's just saying that he wants to go say bye to his family. But Jesus, again, responds this way for a reason, right? He's not just like, I'm going to be a jerk to this guy because I don't like... The robe that he's wearing today. Um, His sandals are whack. Um, And so we, we all know someone who only buys in halfway to things, right? And like whether you're in a group project, me and my wife Becca talk about this a lot with all of her group projects of like people, there's always at least one person who's like, hey, I know I didn't do any of the work, but can you just send me some of it so I can put my name on it and turn it in? And You're like, no! Why would I do that for you? Like you haven't done diddly squat this whole time, why am I going to encourage you to continue to do nothing? We all know that person that that is that way. Um, it's like whenever you go swimming, right, and the water's kind of cold, there's always that one person that's like, ooh, it's cold. They're like, I'm just going to ease my way in, which we all know is much worse if you just ease your way into a cold pool. We all know that if you just cannonball in there, your body adjusts like that, and you're like, oh, this is great. I love it. It's so much fun. But no, we always know that one person that's just like, I'm just going to go ankle deep and stand there. And I'm just going to go waist deep and I'm going to stand there. No, just just go in. We all know that whenever you fully commit to getting in the water, so much better. But aren't we the same way in our relationship with Jesus? Just like that? Like, aren't we easing into our relationship with Jesus sometimes? Saying like, ooh, I don't mind getting my feet wet right now, but my hands, I, I can't get them all the way submerged in this water. It's the same way we are with Jesus. Like, hey... This part of my life, I'm fully committed with Jesus, but like, don't touch this other part of my life. Like Jesus, I give you my work life, I give you my school life, but if you try to take my romance life away from me, it's not happening. It might be non-existent, but you ain't taking it away from me, God. (laughs) Not happening, that ain't happening. Um, Mine is not non-existent. I'm married for a month and a half, it's awesome. Try it one day. But. Aren't we like that with God, right, where it's like, even even with sins, it's like, hey, Jesus, like, I fully, I give you this sin, like, I'm so tired of it, take this, take this, and you're like, but this sin right here, I really enjoy doing it, so I'm going to chew on it, I'm going to gnaw on it a little bit more. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take it away. It's, like always reminds me whenever I watch Hayes' little kids eat like Carolina Tate and Haddon. I feel like Haddon just always chews on like one piece of food for like 30 minutes. And I'm just like, eat it, bro, or spit it out, one of the two. Don't just chew on it. <laughs> um, it's the most adorable thing ever. I love those kids. But we're, we're just like that with Jesus, right? We, we don't want to fully commit um, to Jesus. We, we always we always partially commit. So the, the third point is, what does it take to follow Jesus? We have to choose full devotion rather than partial indifference. So we have to choose full devotion rather than partial indifference to Christ. But it's so easy for us to choose partial indifference, especially in our, in our lukewarm culture where that's just a norm, right? People are like, yeah, I go to church every other week or something like that. Or, yeah, me and my family, we go to church on, on, you know, on Sundays or we sit in the back and we kind of get involved in stuff like that. Or maybe we, we only go to church on the, on the big holidays. On the, that's when God really wants you at church is on Christmas to celebrate his birthday that really happens in late summer. Um, that's irrelevant. <laughs> um, but that's us only partially committing to the kingdom. It may seem a little harsh, again, the way that Jesus responded to this man, but he's highlighting once again that once you become a devoted follower of Christ, there's no turning back. You can't be like, I'm a fully devoted follower of Christ until next week. I'm going to go back over here and do what I was doing. That's like if tonight afterwards you guys came and talked to me, I was like, man, you know what I love? Coca-Cola. I love it, which I do. I love Diet Coke a whole lot. It's awesome. But if I was like, man, Coca-Cola is the best thing on the planet. I love Coke more than anything in my life. It's the only soda I'm ever going to drink again. And you guys saw me like next week, like drinking a Pepsi. You guys would be like, last week he was all about Coke. What is up with this cat? Coke must not be that good, right? And so that's the same way on a very dumbed down scale, how we are with Christ. I feel like so often we're like, man, Jesus is the best thing ever in my life. He is the best thing that has ever happened to me. I am fully committed to everything about Christ and then like two weeks later people are like man like he said he was fully committed to Christ but did you see his Instagram story this past weekend? What was that about? I feel like that's so easy for us to do. The kingdom of God needs fully devoted people. Fully devoted people. If it's all about him one day and the next day we're portraying something that's totally different people are going to be like Man, that's not a good look for Christians. I don't, I don't actually want anything to do with Christianity if this guy is all the way up here for Christ one day and all the way down here for Christ the next. So will you have full devotion or will you have partial indifference? If you feel like you've been living a lifestyle of partial indifference and you're like, man, I don't know how to get out of that, good news, you can, just like the rest of these points, right? If you are walking down the wrong path, you can stand up and you can turn around and you can say, Jesus, like, help me, I, I need to walk in full devotion to your kingdom. It could be as little as you just taking a little refresher and reprioritizing who God is in your life and your relationship with Christ, or it could be like, full on, man, I have been running in the other direction. I need to turn around and go go to Christ. If you haven't done that, I encourage you to do that tonight. One thing I love so much about this passage is that not once in here do we see and... This guy said, bump that Jesus, I'm going home. You can get a different follower. We never see the response of the men in this passage. Right? It's, it's never like, and then this man dropped all of his belongings and everything and fully devoted his life to Christ. We don't, we don't get to see what happened with these men in this passage. And I love that because I don't think it was by accident. I think they, the author who is, who is Luke, who has that freaking sick stash right there, in the third picture, that's awesome. Um, he's a smart man. The dude was a doctor. So I think he knew that leaving that part out would take the focus off of the response of the people Christ was talking to and put the focus on the, the, the image and, and the message that Christ was trying to portray. Luke knew that it, through, through God inspiring him, knew that if there was responses in here, we would compare ourselves to these guys all the time well, that dude in Luke 9, he told Jesus to bump off and that he was going to do his own thing. At least I'm only halfway doing it. But I think that if there were responses in this passage from the men, that we would view this passage completely different. That we would, rather than looking at the importance of what Christ is saying here, we would look at the importance of their response, which is way less valuable than what Christ is saying. This passage demands us to ask ourselves tough questions. These questions that I've posed to you guys tonight, they're tough, right? They're not, they're not easy questions. They're not like, man, I'll kind of think about that. But no, they're like, man, if I'm going to ask myself this question, I need to sit down and I need to, to linger on it. I need to let my heart marinate in this question. I need to, to hold up a mirror and look at my life and see if I'm walking in this. So if you have been choosing these things, it's not too late. I ask you again, will you choose the cross or will you choose comfort? Will you walk in urgency or will you walk in hesitancy? Will you have a fully commoted devotion, committed devotion, or will you be partially indifferent? You have to ask yourself these questions. This passage demands it of us. Ask yourself these questions. Slow down. Take a look at your life. If I'm being honest, I, I too often see myself not living this out. Even talking with the team, talking with my wife, talking with Brandon, we often see ourselves like, man, we screwed that one up. I was walking with hesitancy for the past six months and I haven't, I haven't walked with urgency for Christ once this, this week or these past two weeks or whatever it is. I haven't been fully commoted. I've been partially indifferent about the gospel and about proclaiming that. Is that okay? Not exactly, but the good news in that is that you can, you can change that tonight. So if you've been choosing comfort, if you've been choosing to walk in hesitancy, if you have been partially committed, I've got new for you. It's not too late to change that. It's not too late for you to repent and to ask God to, to show you um, how to walk this out in your life. If you feel like you've been doing this, you're like, man, in the past couple weeks, I've really been doing that stuff. I've been, I've been doing a good job of it. Man, that's Awesome. It's always important to continue to strive to be better and to be more Christ-like. So I encourage you to dive into community and to really continue to walk in that. If You're sitting here tonight and you're like, I have no idea who Jesus is. This guy up there, I have no idea what he's been talking about all night. It's a great time for you tonight to figure out who Jesus is and to start that relationship with him, to start walking after him to start your journey of being fully devoted to Christ. It's not too late to start that tonight. The cost of following Jesus is great, it's massive. There's a lot that goes into that. But what's great is that he's with you the whole time, he's not gonna forsake you, and what's even better is that you have a lot of help. You have this community, you have Holy Spirit, we have the Word of God, right? You're not alone. Luckily, it's for everybody here. Anyone can start a relationship with Christ. But most importantly, it's totally worth it. So, so I'm going to pray for us, and we're going we're to dive into a time of response. Um, and if you guys want to talk more about who Christ is or what it looks like to fully um, devote your life to Christ, I'm going to be back there at the welcome y'all sign, and you guys come chat with me, and, and we'll figure it out. Chat with your connect group host if you need to. Um, but, man, tonight is a great night to get that started. So I'm going to pray for us. Father. And we thank you for your word. We thank you for just how, how awesome you are, God, how loving and, and how um, caring you are for us. Father, I just pray that tonight as we, uh, as we respond, Father, that, that we're open to what you have for us. Father, rather than being closed off to, to your spirit, Lord, just open up our hearts and open up our minds to how you want us to, to respond, Lord, whether that's a total life change or just some tweaks and, and some, some changes in direction. Father, whatever that might be, I pray that right now, as we respond, that you speak to us each individually. Father, Holy Spirit, come touch us. You know exactly what we need. Um, we pray in your name. Thanks for listening to The Journey Podcast. You can learn more about The Journey by checking us out on Instagram or Facebook. Just search for at the journey, LBK.